Hey y'all, this is your girl Amber reaching your potential. In this episode, we're going to talk about ADLs, um, specifically one ADL, which I think that we need to keep in mind when we're working with patients. ADLs stand for Activities of Daily Living. And one of those ADLs that we're going to discuss is washing hair. And I think a lot of people don't know the dynamics or just like the concept of washing hair um, in regards to working with patients of all different types of cultures and ethnicities and races. And I have a special guest that's going to talk a little bit more about it. And we're gonna have a really good discussion. I've been waiting, waiting, waiting to have this episode and I'm so excited to bring it to you guys. So let's get started. guys so in this episode i have special guests her name is joy she is an ot out in california and she's going to talk a little bit about herself kind of give you guys an introduction of how she got into ot but we're going to go really in to this main occupation of washing hair like why are we talking about washing hair we're going to talk all about it so everybody meet joy Hi, everyone. Thank you, Amber, for the beautiful introduction to this show and this episode. So my name is Joy. I'm an occupational therapist out in Los Angeles. Uh, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, in South LA, to be exact. I, um, and I studied at University of Southern California, um, where I received my master's in occupational therapy. Um, I currently work in early intervention in home. So I'm working uh, through the South Central Regional Center in Los Angeles. Um, and I'm working in home. It's switched over to remote right now, but it typically I'll be an in-home therapist. Um, and just to give a little background about why this topic is very important and why it even came to me to begin with was I was talking to one of my classmates. Um, he's working in mental health and he had a question for me specifically. I, I want you to give me some information about black hair care 101 is what he told me. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't like offended or anything. I was like, sure. Like, are you free to talk on the phone? And so what he was saying was that he was shadowing a therapist uh, and the therapist was giving a hair washing goal to her client who was African-American man. And the hair washing goal was to wash his hair three times a week. Okay. So he would <laughs> basically asked me, well, what do you think about this? Like, is that, should that, is that normal? Is that like, and I really appreciate him for even reaching out to me and not just going with it and, and understanding, okay, I know black hair is different from my hair. So is that okay? Is that acceptable? Um, and right. the, ther the therapist was, uh, my friend is a Latino man and uh, the therapist giving the goal was a white woman to a black man just to give some like background information. So I started to think like, wow, like now that I think about it, I don't think in school we really talked about like the black hair care perspective when talking about ADLs. We definitely didn't because I would have remembered that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so just to even get started, I, I want to just share like my hair washing process and how often I wash my hair. Then I and also ask you the same question, like what's your hair wash washing process? just yeah. so people kind of understand why this is like a big deal. 
So I wash my hair probably, and this is me being very honest, one time a month. Okay. Especially when it's in braids and there's no washing happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is okay. This is normal. This is not bad. Right. It's not I, bad. <laughs> yes. And our hair, when you have black hair, especially on the coarser side, uh, it's, it's thicker. It's also drier. So uh, it doesn't get oily fast at all. We actually welcome uh, moisture and oils. And we want that because our hair typically is on the drier side. So we do not have to wash it every day at all. Um, but my hair washing process is once a month um, and, and it's wash day is a big deal. You know, I have to, I detangle, depending on how my hair is, let's say my hair is in braids, I have to un take out the braids. That's already like a two hour process. Detangle, exactly. <laughs> detangle as I go, right? So that my hair is not matted. So maybe I'll, I'll take out, let's say 10 braids and then I'll detangle that section and then I'll uh, twist it up and then I'll take out the next 10 braids, detangle that section, twist it up so that it doesn't lock back up again. Right? Um, mm -hmm. And then once it's all detangled, I will undo the twist and I will wash my hair. Usually I do it twice with shampoo. Um, and then after I wash my hair, I do some type of mask or deep condition. So mm -hmm. that, that once I rinse out the, the shampoo, I deep condition, let that sit in my hair, put a shower cap on my head. And then just, you kind of just walk around. You may just sit, do laundry <laughs> or something, whatever you need to do. Um, mm -hmm. and, and just let your hair sit And the longer, the better usually. Um, so let's say I, I might do like one hour, let the mask or deep condition sit in my hair for one hour, rinse that out, then detangle, then blow dry, and then style. So that can easily be, that could easily be like eight hours. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. It yeah. can be eight hours or you can split it into two days, honestly. Two days, yeah. So what's, what's your hair washing process like? All righty. So... Actually, I haven't done a wash day in a while now because now I'm locked. So I'm like locking my hair. Um, but before um, I was natural and my wash days would consist of usually after a protective hairstyle, like what you have, like either braids or full locks or something. So I'm not really, you know, manipulating my hair, mm -hmm. definitely detangling, um, detangling as I go. And I always work in sections. So I used to section my hair at least like four big twists on one side, four other big twists on the other. And then I would wash each section at a time. So that's a lot of twisting, a lot of just washing, then twist again, because I didn't want my hair to, as you said, get all together again and get, um, get knotted up. And that's what my hair loves to do. So I always worked in sections. After I shampoo, I did a deep condition, um, like a mask or something. And I would, <laughs> sometimes if I had a shower cap, I would use it. But then of course I have so many grocery bags. So I'll use a grocery bag, <laughs> a plastic um, grocery bag and I'll put that on my hair, let it sit. And I also have like a little cap, which is like so cute. I can like toss it in the microwave and it heats up. So all mm -hmm. of like the, the deep condition gets like nice in my roots and my hair. So I leave that in for like 
between like an hour, two hours, watch some Netflix show or something, let time pass by. Then I go back and wash off the um the leave in well not the leave in the deep conditioner. And after that, I'm putting leave-in conditioner in my hair and um oil, like one of my favorite oils. And then yeah, and then this twisting cut twist outs were my my go-to style. I love twist outs. So I always just like do little twists into my hair, make sure each part of my hair is moisturized. And then I leave the twist in for like maybe one to two days. And then when I'm ready to like let it out, I just unravel, um, put oil in my hands to unravel my twist and then go about my day. <laughs> but that goes about like, about the same time. Sometimes I let the deep conditioner go in until like the next day and especially if I do like a Friday Saturday um type of regimen then in the morning I wash it out and finish it so depends on like eight hours or I split it into two days Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow and how often is that this oh girl like it was like maybe I might be a little bit longer than you like it was like once every like maybe one and a half months, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. once, uh, like, for two months, like, it really does depend, honestly, and, like, mm-hmm. when you're in the shower, like, you are getting some type of moisture in your hair, like, with, like, the water and whatnot, mm-hmm. but, like, I'm not really washing my hair, and especially now with my locks, I, the last time I got my hair retwisted was the beginning of maybe March? Oh yeah, I want to say like March, I got my hair retwisted, and that was the last time I washed my hair. So the next time I'm washing my hair is when I get my hair retwisted in two weeks, which will be in May, and I don't, I don't wash my hair, <laughs> and it's okay. It's and it's okay. okay. <laughs> so what about co-washing? How often, or or are you doing that? Girl, no. I mean, like. I know like it's important to co-wash and uh, and whatnot. And I feel like I was doing it here and there, but I wasn't consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Do you do co-washes? Well, when my hair is braided, nothing. There's no moisture touching my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but if my hair is like, if I'm wearing my hair natural, yes, mm-hmm. I, I'm doing it as often as I'm wetting my hair. So like, let's say, so for example, if I'm wearing my hair like in a a bun, well, I go Mm -hmm. in the shower and I wet it and moisturize it a little bit so that it's like, uh, I can redo it and restyle it the next day. So I Mm -hmm. wet it, I wet a brush, wet through like my hair, and then I'll put conditioner, leave-in conditioner in my hair. And so that's kind of, I guess that's different, right? Because it's just leave-in conditioner. I really... Mm -hmm. I'm, I sometimes, mm, yeah, <laughs> then if that's the case, I probably co-wash once a week when my hair is natural, once a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's not bad at all. Like, and then also like when I was natural, I wasn't really having my hair out as much. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I really had my hair out was during the warmer weather time. So like, kind of like around this time now like April in the summer mm-hmm. when it was winter time you would not see my hair out I would have it braided in wearing a wig or something like it was not out because these winters they're brutal 
the winters are so different for you guys and your hair, right? It really, if the weather really affects black hair. <laughs> it does. And I feel like people don't understand that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember one of uh, my classmates in high school, she moved from Detroit to Hollywood and she, she mm. would have her hair when she would straighten her hair. I remember thinking, oh my God, it's so like greasy. Why is it so greasy? But I didn't realize yeah. that on the East coast because of hair, because of the moisture in the air and, and the weather, you have to like grease your hair as you straighten it. Right. So that it stays down and it's not stays so down. Far, Right. So just even with that being said, like our hair is different depending on the climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Because I remember one time I, tr- I tried it, Joy, like it was it was a hot mess. I was I went to school upstate New York, right? And mm-hmm. the weather there is so unpredictable. But I was very bold. I was like, okay, for graduation, I'm going to straighten my hair because my hair is healthy. It's going to look nice, all this great stuff. So mm-hmm. I went to Syracuse, which was about an hour away, got my hair straightened. It looked bomb like it looked so good <laughs> then graduation came I kid you not the weather changed on us like humidity came it was like started raining by the time I got into the field my hair was an afro no. I was uh, I was so pissed off I was so sad mm-hmm. and everybody's like oh Amber your hair looks I'm like do you see my hair like if you saw my hair the day before Mm -hmm. it was great and then my hair was like an apple trying to be straight it was a mess Uh, I was like never again I I feel you I already know (laughs) (laughs) it was a hot mess man we're kind of talking about our hair and how our hair like transitions based on the weather or based on moisture in general so I love that you Mm. bring that up because I, I want to talk about, like, go kind of deeper into how um, the Black perspective of hair care has kind of been, like, left out or not considered in, in OT in general, right? So you ready yeah. to get... <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes. So the first thing you're talking about, you, you know, your weather, uh, hair changing from straight to back to your natural texture. Um you know, one, one of the ways that when we talk about OT and like um, mental health and being like very holistic and keeping in, in mind the whole person, I think about ways that we relieve our stress, right? A lot of people have different stress relievers, maybe hanging out with friends, loved ones. Um, a, a big stress reliever of mine, I would say is like doing yoga or like going outside, doing mm-hmm. something like outdoorsy. Um, yeah. But our hair, we have to keep in mind our hair texture at all times. So in regards to like stress management, um, when my hair is straightened, there's no, nothing that makes me sweat, nothing that where there's moisture, I can't, one of my happy places is going to the beach. Actually, I love to just go to the beach, walk Mm -hmm. up and down the beach. The moisture Mm -hmm. in the air will convert my hair from straight to frizzy <laughs> um, and even just working out so and you know yeah love that you have locks because basically it's you can work out and not really have to worry about your hair texture converting back to its original state yeah yeah exactly. but that's not something that everybody else can keep in mind mm-hmm. yes for sure like I feel that I'm always well before I lost my hair that was always something in my head whenever mm-hmm. I worked out 
I'm like, oh my gosh, if my hair is straight or if I didn't have a like a protective styling in my hair, I always had to think about what is my hair going to do as a result of me working out. So like yoga is something that you love. Like I love like lifting weights and running and all that's going to just incorporate sweating <laughs> like everywhere. So, um, and I love that we both did track as well. So that's something to even think about that we're constantly sweating. We're constantly just getting our bodies going, but now we know that that's going to affect our hair too. And um, one thing I do remember was when I was um, running track in college, mm -hmm. I used to change my hair a lot. Like mm -hmm. I would do weaves, I would do um, like protective hairstyles or even I started like wearing wigs and just, you know, just changing up the hair because I just enjoy doing that. The only time I had, I guess, an issue was when I wanted to straighten my hair mm -hmm. and it was a hot mess because I didn't want to <laughs> worry about like, okay, now my roots are going to not be straight anymore. It's just going to look a hot mess. I should just mm -hmm. wash my hair and just leave it back into this natural state. Mm -hmm. But other people that aren't representing people of color, they don't understand that dynamic. They're like, oh, well, I can just take a shower and wash my hair at the same time. We can do that, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> and then also the, to um, mention as well, I just thought about that was my team in college, we would do a lot of pool workouts uh, and I hated pool workouts because I knew my hair was not, it wasn't the right, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. It's not the right setting for like black people's hair. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get my hair wet mm -hmm. and I avoided it at all costs and I felt like a lot of my teammates didn't understand why I didn't like the pool one I can't swim but two was also because I didn't want to get my hair wet mm -hmm. I I really tried to be like above water at all costs. they were like, like ah, little... splashing you like, <laughs> yeah I'm like don't splash me like you guys don't get it and I they don't they don't get it yeah. <laughs> I know. And even just to take that a step further, because of the chlorine that's in the pool, we can't just wet it and then be like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll just let my hair be. You have to wash your hair because yes. you're chlorine and you don't want that in your hair. It's really detrimental to our hair. Yes. Yeah. And I can't swim either. So I feel like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I, I feel like sometimes I'm the only one that doesn't know how to swim. So I'm, you made me feel so much better with that. <laughs> normal in our community that's for sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. I feel like one of the reasons as to why like black people don't really know how to swim is mm -hmm. the hair I don't think black people want to get their hair wet that is probably one of the top reasons yes our hair I know me growing up if my hair was done that means first of all my mom took me somewhere so it cost some money <laughs> mm -hmm. and or it was for a special occasion that means you're not sweating your hair out you're not getting wet my, my friends, my friends and my siblings, we would just wet each other. What is it called? Uh, water balloon fights and stuff. Oh yeah, but like water fights? Mm -mm, I couldn't be no. a part of that. No, it was very sad, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the things that we have to do to sacrifice our hair. Sacrifice for our hair. Uh, yes, yeah, so okay, something. so in regards to like education, cause I know I kind of said like, I haven't experienced um, 
we didn't really talk about black hair care at all as an ADL. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about it in school? Yes or no? And how did that kind of affect your experience? <laughs> oh, girl, we, I remember there was probably one discussion about washing hair and it was just on a, it was like a little assignment in class. And I don't think it was necessarily just talking about hair. It was more about like activity analysis. So we're watching a video. We're just breaking it down. Like, okay, what are the skills required to complete this certain task? Mm -hmm. And fortunately, the task was washing hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we were watching this video of this lady washing her hair in the shower. And she's just like scrubbing in the shampoo and just like putting it in and all this other stuff. So once the video was done, we broke into groups and we're kind of breaking down on the task of washing your hair. Mm-hmm. And of course, the question came about like, oh, like how long does it take you to wash your hair? Mm-hmm. So me being the only black person in my cohort and in my group, everybody's like, oh, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And I'm like, nowhere close to that. Like. <laughs> So when they asked me, I was like, you know, it takes a couple of hours, maybe over a day. And they're like, what? Like, it takes that long? Mm-hmm. Yes, because there's there's so many steps to mm-hmm. a wash day for somebody that is representing, like, people that look like me. Like, we have to detangle our hair. We have to co-wash or decondition. You know, like, we, we have all these different things that we have to do before all of this other stuff. And then we have to let it air dry or we can blow dry our hair, depending mm-hmm. on what the style we want um, mm-hmm. to achieve at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. it takes a lot of steps. It's not just jumping in the shower and washing your hair. It's mm-hmm. not that easy. Right. So even when we break down activity analysis, right, the, the components required for that, the person in the video is different for the compo- underlining like, skills that we would need to be able to wash our hair, right? So some Mm -hmm. of them include like initiation, volition, like even just, I know days where I am like just sad or just feeling, you know, under the whatever, like hair washing is the last thing I want to do. I have to really be for it. So let's Mm -hmm. think of somebody who um, has depression or somebody who has some type of mental health uh, diagnosis that's preventing them from initiating the task or preventing them from, or even just a, like, even just the motor skills necessary to be able to detangle my hair versus detangling uh. somebody's hair who's, who's straight or wavy. There's so mm-hmm. many more skills that we need or different, I'll say different skills that we need to be able mm-hmm. to complete that task. <laughs> Yeah, and when you included initiation and volition, I'm just even thinking of like those, like dexterity and fine motor skills and coordination to like do a uh, either a two strand twist, a three strand twist, bantu nodding, like mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Even like a lot of skills, even kind of like body awareness a little bit, because like think about when you have to do your hair in the and like you're just like envisioning like the the bantu now let's say that you're doing back here you really don't know or can't see it that well but you're just going with yeah. it so there are definitely like more, more like different skills necessary and and i want to talk about this so the you're familiar with amps the motor assessment yes mm-hmm. and so amps is what the 
the assessment of motor performance motor skills. Performance skills. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So we briefly talked about it in school, but I have a classmate who actually is certified in AMP. So he gave me a little bit more information. Um, so from my understanding, AMPs, uh, they have like a difficulty rating for, mm-hmm. for different activities. So let's say like buttering toast might be like one of their easier skills. Um, and like mowing the lawn might be like one of the harder skills that they... <laughs> Um, it's on the difficulty scale combing hair is one of the easier tasks <laughs> so you and I are like uh-uh <laughs> that is definitely on the hard section what uh-huh. and that's so funny because like I remember in my class we had a professor who was in the process of being certified for AMP so she was like really into it and she actually gave us like a nice little idea of what the amps look like but we didn't go over like what the easiest and the hardest were we were looking more in terms of like I think we were able to choose certain activities that we wanted to work on with a client at the time and I didn't even look at which ones were easiest or hardest but that is so interesting I wish I picked that up because if they they really have combing hair as an easy task Mm-hmm. And I'm like, easy wear, not for me. That- <laughs> oh, no, mm-hmm. definitely not for me. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yes. And, and, and another thing that I discovered when I was uh, studying, and you let me know if you've experienced this at all, but when I was studying yeah. for the board exam, I was using the NBCLT uh, prep, prep tools. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was referring to um, ideational apraxia, okay? So we know we all know this as like using one tool for a different reason, right? Or using um, a tool in, the, in a different way, basically. You're not using it correctly mm-hmm. or in the right circumstance. So the one example that we would talk about in school and on this exam question on MBCLT exam prep was uh, this person is using a toothbrush to brush their hair what and then it was like what diagnosis or disability do they have right and they gave multiple example uh you know items but one of them was ideational apraxia mm-hmm. so obviously what <laughs> <laughs> what do you oh I mean goodness. do you want to say it <laughs> yeah I will because I remember that same scenario every single time when either my professor want to explain what ideational apraxia is or any type of MBCOT study pack or questions, it was always with the toothbrush every single time. Like, yeah, if they use the toothbrush, we know it's for brushing teeth and they're using it to brush their hair. We know that's an example of ideational apraxia. And I'm like, Y'all don't get that, like, black people can use toothbrushes to lay out their edges, you know, like, you get that nice little, I brought um, my, you know, like, you have to lay those edges out sometimes, and you get one of those old toothbrushes you don't use anymore, and it easily lays it down mm-hmm. with no, no problem, mm-hmm. and of course, they don't take that to account that, like, it can be used for other things, but it doesn't have to equate to that diagnosis exactly (laughs) 
exactly. Yeah. Mm. I remember even hearing it in school and be like, hmm, okay. You know, and but <laughs> and just think about it now. It's like, wow, that is kind of like problematic when you really think about it. And if a question like this was on the board exam, imagine if that one question was the one, obviously I know what they want me to answer, but yeah, it's still, you know, it just doesn't incorporate like all perspectives and that, and that's the hard part about it. You know, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that there might be, um, even when I think about am- going back to amps, I wonder if they even include like using chopsticks. I'm, I'm not sure. Right. So this, I'm not sure, but I do wonder, are they taking into consideration everybody's like culture? Are they culturally sure. sensitive, culturally aware? So, yeah. you know, I, and I, I took the liberty of Googling, um, the demographics of occupational therapists, and this is from 2019. So mm-hmm. the demographics, and this was, uh, through this, the census, the demographics of occupational therapists, not OTAs, but just occupational therapists in America is 80% white, non-Hispanic, 6.6% Asian. Look at that big jump. And right. 2.3% Black. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in a, in a, in a, profession dominated by one culture we have to ask ourselves like are all of our perspectives being taken into consideration who's writing what we're learning like who is <laughs> who's educating yeah, us exactly who's educating us and who is even creating these assessments you mm-hmm. know like okay like these assessments are supposed to be used to ensure okay these are challenges for a patient and this is what we can work on in sessions but they're not taking account of other people's cultures mm-hmm. and the differences of certain ADLs that we need to focus on. So like mm-hmm. washing hair, for example, can be easy for one person, but if you bring somebody that has coarse hair, that has hair that is just more challenging to manage because of the texture, you're mm-hmm. not taking account of that. And you're calling it an easy task. <laughs> task, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I still can't get over. I can't go over that. <laughs> yes, I, I know. But I will say the one good thing is that apparently with AMPS, you can submit items that you want to be added on there. So that is good. So there is room for improvement there. So I could technically submit an item that says, well, I think that hair washing is a difficult task. And I'll tell you why, you know, I could technically do that. Um, you have yeah. to be, you have to be certified in AMPS to be able to do that. But so I guess that's good that there is room for improvement or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we just got to be certified and <laughs> let them know. <laughs> let them know. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever been at a hotel and they have one of those rainfall shower heads? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I literally just was away last weekend mm-hmm. uh, with my best friend, and we had this um, nice little bathroom and whatnot. But it was definitely an overhead shower, mm-hmm. uh, shower head, mm-hmm. and of course the shampoo and conditioner was, you know, mm-hmm. what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I've been in I've been in hotels that have and the rainfall shower head for everybody who doesn't know is just the one that just is right on top of your head and you can't even avoid it. It's like it just falls on you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been in hotels that have that plus like a regular shower head that you can like adjust and take off the wall. But I've been in hotels that have only had the rainfall. And that is one awkward shower when you don't want to get your hair wet. It's like you have to kind of leave yeah. back and just let it like touch your <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a hot mess. Like you're playing Matrix, like just trying to avoid your hair. You're like lean back, lean back. Lean back. <laughs> yeah. So even from like a universal design standpoint, like, you know, who is okay with this? Because I would have been like, uh uh-uh, uh, you can't, ha- I'm not taking a shower like that. Not willingly. I mean, if that's my only option. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So things like that are like, I feel like ways that we really haven't considered, but we've all experienced, but we haven't considered like, huh, maybe they didn't like take my, me into account when writing this. <laughs> so. No, exactly. I'm sure they're not even thinking about that. They're like, oh, wow. I didn't even think about it that way. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's something that we, you know, we have to <laughs> endure on, honestly. Right. Like there's something right. that we're always thinking about because that's the first thing on my on my mind when I'm taking showers is like, okay, I really don't want to wash my hair today. So how can I avoid getting my hair wet? Right. In a shower. In the shower. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, exactly. And and so you you're setting, you work with um you work with adults, correct? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I'm sure that grooming and, and like hygiene is like a big part of of what you do. <clears throat> yeah. What type of grooming kits do you guys have or have you seen in the past, whether it's where you work now or where you've worked in the past? I'll probably talk about what I've seen in the past because I work in home health. So I'm going to my patients' homes and and things of that nature. So they have everything already um, Mm -hmm. there, which is great. Um, So we're just using what they have versus me bringing in equipment or supplies for them. But beforehand, I was working in like, not working, but I was a student in a SNF or inpatient rehab. Mm-hmm. And of course, the little kit that they will give to them if they were staying in the hospital or whatnot, was always with these little like toothpick combs that nobody's going to use if they're black because it's going to break your hair mm-hmm. instantly. And then these little small conditioner or shampoo like maybe Pantene or something. I'm just like, I don't use that. And if I have a patient that is black, they're not going to use it because just Mm -hmm. the ingredients within those conditioners are harmful for our hair. Mm -hmm. So it's just very generic, not really specific for people of color in terms of those types of Mm self-care tasks. Right, exactly. And we know more than anybody as black women, like having your hair done is like, it can make or break you, right? Like, I, there's some days where I'm like, you know, what, my eyebrows are not done. Like, you know, I don't know, I don't really like my outfit, but my hair is on point, and that could really change it. So I just think about people who are in, let's say, impatient, they've been there for two weeks. Just imagine even from just imagine like from a standpoint of like they can feel so much better if they felt if they looked better you know but there's no mm-hmm. supplies there to even help them look or feel better um yeah. so you know and it's something so small but so big to us like feeling you know they say feeling if you feel good you look I mean if you look good you feel good right feel, 
Yeah, no, exactly. And I stand by that wholeheartedly. Like, if you look good, you feel good, then you're going to do good. You mm-hmm. know, like, I... And, like, right now, like, even though, like, I know my hair is in its own natural state and whatnot, but I'm just, like, I really want a retwist because, like, I'll feel so much better when my hair is, like, mm-hmm. it feels like it's put together. And if I feel that way, and I remember having patients um, who were in the hospital and whatnot who were Black, and they would be so, like, upset because they're, like, oh, I can't get my hair done. Um, you know, they're used to getting their hair done on a regular basis, and because they're in the hospital, they're unable to do that mm-hmm. and not having the supplies as you mentioned to make sure they can still participate in those meaningful tasks mm-hmm. like washing their hair or doing their hair mm-hmm. we can't even do that and how can we like how can we change that yeah I like how you said how can we change that like well I, I brought a little comb with me because the reason why it's so problematic black people do not use those thin combs to comb out of hair ever. Even if my hair was straightened, I would never use that in my life. Like for what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) I have a rat tail comb and I obviously only use this comb to part my hair or to scratch Mm -hmm. if I need to scratch, right? I do not ever use this part of the comb to detangle my hair for what? No, ever. Um, So what I do (laughs) use is I use a wider tooth comb, like something with wider. And even this is still thin. It's not that, that wide. We could go wider. Mm -hmm. It's way more efficient for like detangling our hair. So even something as simple as like grooming kids, having like a comb like this. (laughs) Exactly. Well, let's use this. At least you have options, Mm -hmm. you know, like you don't have, to just depend on this small little comb that you're not going to use. I'd rather use my fingers, honestly, to detangle my hair versus a comb. Mm -hmm. But then again, you have to keep in mind of like, does that person have the strength to hold their hands over their head to really manipulate Mm -hmm. and go through their hair and detangle and like finger detangle, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, right. So there's so many, there's so many things to like consider when it comes to our hair, especially our hair as an ADL in general, it's, there's so many things to consider. And even as I was kind of going down this list and creating these things, I was like, wow, that's like, duh, that makes sense. That makes sense. But <laughs> I guess I just got used to it too. Like, well, black hair is not considered in this t- context. So I'm not even going to bring it up, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. So now that I realized how many ways um, it's not considered I realized that we have a lot of room for improvement yeah Yeah. and I'm so glad that you mentioned that too because if in a way like if we just let it pass by and just like oh well like so be it like that's just how it is then Mm -hmm. change wouldn't be made you know like people wouldn't be aware of the fact that even though these are meaningful ADLs they can be done and tackled differently across all different ethnicities and races mm-hmm. right right so when we consider like social inclusion and equity this is this is one of the things we're talking about right mm-hmm. oh <laughs> yeah for sure off, like the AOTA vision 2025 it's like equity inclusion of course diversity all these things right so mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> <laughs> all the beautiful keywords that that in theory sound great but it, it does take a lot of work to get there so my question to you is in what ways can OT include the black hair care perspective and that can be in education that can be in practice how can you see our our profession improving and being more um inclusive 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I'm first going to think about like an OT school, right? We always are discussing ADLs, whether it's bathing, dressing, and even self-care tasks like washing your hair or mm-hmm. doing your hair. I think those are meaningful occupations. And unfortunately, these discussions won't be created or like we won't have these discussions if we don't have people that represent all diversities in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, like we have to first start with diversifying OT students and OT programs to have that discussion, because if you don't have anybody that deals with okay, like my hair is different than my, my other peers in terms of washing my hair, doing my hair, the discussion is not going to be done. Mm-hmm. Or even if the professor is a person of color, at least they can tell you like, okay, I know this is what the textbook says, but I'm going to tell you from my perspective, this isn't mm-hmm. like the knitting grit, like this is all all you need to know like you need to be open-minded and also be flexible when you are dealing with patients that may not look like you or have the same hair texture as you and kind of throwing that at them like what would you do if you had a patient that had coarse hair and they have this thin too like not thin thin toothbrush but they had this really thin comb are you going to give them that comb to comb their hair Hopefully they say no, <laughs> um, you know, but if they say yes, you can kind of challenge them. Like, why, why do you think that? And kind of give them that idea of opening their minds, giving them that perspective um, in regards to that. But then also looking at the professional standpoint of like different hospitals that give, as you said, like these self-care kits to mm-hmm. patients that are in hospitals they have to keep in mind that not every patient that walks into that hospital um, is going to be able to use those different equipments, right? Mm-hmm. So giving options as mm-hmm. to what they can use, not just giving them the little thin comb, but give them options, give, give a wide two comb too, mm-hmm. in addition to the thin one. Um, Give them at least two to three options of maybe shampoo. Even if it's not there, at least have it in stock so you have an idea like, okay, not everybody's hair texture mm-hmm. is the same and you can't use the same shampoo for everybody's hair type. That's just not it. So mm-hmm. I think just being open-minded and being aware of the differences of people's hair or just like the culture mm-hmm. of... Um, the patients because if you kind of just keep everybody the same it's not going to fulfill everybody's needs or their goals because like for OT we have to be flexible we have to care for every patient as a unique human being Mm -hmm. and I think that's the beauty of OT we're always looking at everybody differently and Mm -hmm. hopefully the healthcare system does the same but you know that's a whole nother story (laughs) <laughs> I like it. That was a great summary. I really, and a great conclusion. I really do think that, you know, as Black people, we probably think about this more like health disparities and how they like disproportionately affect us. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the root of even social injustice as a result of police brutality, a lot of these things 
are um, derived from um, practitioner or police or bias discrimination, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I do think that representation in all fields will help to decrease that, will decrease this social injustice that we continue to experience and will continue to decrease um, uh, you know, these negative social determinants of health that we face at higher rates than other people. So yeah, a lot of, we, we, we know that this comes from the individuals, um, their own biases and discrimination. So yes, inclusion and, and diversifying our profession, I think is one of the key ways that we can, we can continue to have our voices heard because just like we talked about earlier, right? Like the MBCOT having a question that is really counterintuitive to us as black people. We do know mm-hmm. that a lot of times uh, standardized assessments are not written by us for us. And we, we know that this exists. So I think even school, OT schools having a more like holistic um, admissions process as opposed to just focusing on GRE scores, uh, GPA. Well, who is a person? Like we need to look at the person as a whole, right? Because that's what our profession looks at, the person as right. a whole. Because that person who took that GRE test is also connected to a person who has a background who, and has a reason why they were brought to OT and they have a mind and they have, a, you know, like they have people that love them. So there's so many other components of that person. So I think that that would be one of the be- the easiest way. I feel like it's easy to include more people. Um, even when it comes to outreach, I think community outreach and getting people mm-hmm. to hear about OT and maybe getting them to apply to OT schools. Um, I'm not sure what schools they're going to, what, what undergrad students they're talking to, but a lot of Black people don't know what OT is, right? <laughs> so not one bit. <laughs> right. So community outreach, holistic admission processes, these are two ways that we can diversify our profession and continue to like help others by helping ourselves. Our, you know, and like I, I think that the, the solution is easy, right? But we have to have people on board with us to do this. <laughs> yeah, no, I was literally going to say that because like all, all these ideas are so great, but who's going to do the work, you know? <laughs> like it has to be not just like two people doing it. It has to be a team effort. Mm-hmm. And um, of course we got a long, long way to go, but even like having discussions like this is mm-hmm. so important because we're just letting people be aware of mm-hmm the differences and just letting people know and be aware of this so like when you are um dealing with a patient who may look like me or look like joy and they have different hair textures and you want to create a a self-care goal of washing hair that's great but you also have to keep in mind of like okay think of the different steps or the skills that are required for that that ADL. It's not just upper body strength, but it's also cognition. It's also fine motor coordination and dexterity. It's so many different things. Additional skills versus just the generic washing hair. There's so much to think about. I love it. I think you just both <laughs> That's it right there. Drop the mic. <laughs> Drop the mic right here. We're ending the, the podcast right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. I did want to just say I I did apply and I did submit an abstract to speak at WFOT so hopefully they call me because this is the topic I'm talking about this hopefully they confirm so 
stay tuned. And hopefully if I get that pl- pl- platform, then I could really, you know. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm praying that you do get it because this is something that everybody needs to know. It's not just to benefit, you know, people of color. This is for the whole profession. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking to um, one of my OT friends just now about how we are such a great profession because we are serving diverse people, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel that we need to be a diverse profession, you know, if we're serving diverse people. And if we're serving diverse people, we need to think about all the different skills or differences of ADLs. And of course, we're not going to know everything. We're not going to know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take a lot of effort to even learn about it and then taking initiative of trying to you know change your session up a little bit if you are having a patient that looks like a person of color and to be honest you'll even have an increase of rapport and trust with that patient because you actually took the time out to learn that like okay washing hair or just like the washing hair routine is totally different versus somebody else that may not represent a person of color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I totally agree. <laughs> yes. oh. But Joy, do you have any like last minute like gems that you wanna drop on this episode before we end it off here? I think that it is important to have your patients buy-in and trust. Trust is very important. And just when you just spoke about like rapport building and how essential that is for us, um, mm-hmm. I think that asking questions like, hey, how often do you wash your hair? What's your hair washing process like prior to mm-hmm. creating a hair washing goal for someone? It's just a huge way to just feel like heard and feel like, you know, we're, we're so collaborative and not just interdisciplinary, but even with the patient, right? We collaborate with them. Yeah. So it's really important to, to just have patient trust, buy-in, but, and I think this is a great way to do it. Hey, what, what is your, what is your um, process? How do you do this? And then we can adjust to fit that. How do you do it naturally or normally? Not how often do I wash my hair? So this makes sense for me. So I'm going to put it on you. So I, I don't know. Right. I think it's so simple like that. And this can go across all every board, right? We don't have to just say it's because of hair. It could be for whatever reason. Well, this is how I eat with a utensil. How do you normally eat? Or what type of utensil do you use in your culture? Or something like that. Like, because mm-hmm. I'm not the only way that th- the way I do things is not the only way that things are done. So I think this can, this can apply across the board. So I think that you said the gem, I'm just reiterating it, is just <laughs> building rapport and patient trust is very important. Um, yeah, I think we got it. We got we got what it takes. <laughs> yes, I agree 100%. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to say it again because gems are just dropping every single time. But as you guys know, this is literally such an important topic to discuss. I'm so glad that Joy was here to just drop all this knowledge to us and hopefully make some people even more aware about the importance of self-care tasks and specifically washing hair. I'm sure some people didn't really realize that like, oh snap, like 
that is a lot of work and it does take a lot of skill to do these things or sometimes a toothbrush can be used more than just washing brushing your teeth <laughs> you know you can use it for other <laughs> for other tasks and it's not it shouldn't be known as a certain diagnosis most of the time when you're you know a person of color but thank you so much joy for being here for this amazing discussion i'm so glad we got it done um but with that being said at the end of the episode i usually give my guests the opportunity to share their social media handles or anything any like projects i know you talked a little bit about your research as well um mm -hmm. this is your time to share it all oh sure yeah i'll share my my social media handles i also um i i talk about like my um like ot activities and uh different like interventions um Feel free if you don't know about OT to reach out to me. I've also become like a mentor. A lot of like a lot of students in undergrad applying for grad school for um, in OT, they have reached out to me just seeing it in my bio. So that's kind of become like an unofficial title of mine, I guess. Um, so if you have any questions for me, just direct questions in general, um, you can type in Joy. That's J O I underscore eternal life my middle name means eternal life in in greek so joy underscore eternal life so reach out to me if you have any questions regarding this or whatever <laughs> oh well yeah. good thank you so much joy Thanks for having me <laughs> of course no problem like this is so much fun um so guys this was the episode with joy we talked about just the importance of just washing hair there's like that certain adl that specific adl washing hair and just being a part of that routine or that certain skill but knowing the difference of what that skill entails when you're a person of color and it just encompasses so many things and i hope you guys learned a thing or two from this episode i know i did and i'm just so excited to incorporate even more of these different skills when I'm going to have patients who are people of color in the future, but I know how to advocate even more. Like I'm always advocating for my people of color as clients, but now I feel like I can even do more things. So this is not just like Joy um, educating me and I'm educating her. It's just like a, a nice, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, we're all learning from each other. It's a nice collab. Collaboration, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything in this episode, definitely hit me up. You guys know my Instagram. You guys know my email. You know where to find me. But that's all we have for today. I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. <laughs>